Smartcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So all of us have these protective mechanisms that we, you know, developed in moments at various ages to handle what we didn't know how to handle because we weren't, you know, an adult. And so we go back to whatever age we were when we got stuck in trauma and had to become something to protect what was wounded because we couldn't get the healing and the repair that we needed at the time. Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, Offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hello, everybody. My name is Gina Cavalier, and I'm the host of the Liberated Healer podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Linnea Hodson, your other host. So today we have Jen Kleiner on the phone, and she is a certified professional life coach, creative consultant, IFS therapy practitioner, and the co-founder of the IFS Institute in LA. She's also a filmmaker, and she's going to be talking about a new documentary that she has coming out, and we want to welcome her on the show. Hello, Jen Kleiner. Hi. Hi. So great to be here. Wonderful. So can you give everybody a little bit of sense of who you are, your journey, how you got here? Yeah. Um, I grew up in a family of 15 therapists and a hitman. What? So in that respect, I learned a lot about, you know, the shades of gray and the bad and good and the good and bad and everything that's in between. And I never got to meet my grandfather, but his favorite poem was when you know a fellow and it was all about getting to know somebody beyond their tough exterior beyond what we assume about them and when we go beneath the surface we discover such a you know unique landscape everybody has their own inner ecology oh i agree i love that i i feel like my very unique family has given me you know, the gift of being able to see people beyond how they present and hold more of a totality of who they are. And my hope is that in everything I do, I'm helping somebody feel more connected to themselves and to life. 
And that's why when I met you, we were at a table. I never met her before, six women at a restaurant. And I just kept looking at her. I was like, I know you or I have to know you. Like I just was gravitating her all night. And then at the end, we walked and everybody's like saying their goodbyes. And we just embraced. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like a full embrace. Aww. Like it was a soul friend. And I was like, where have you been? And I remember driving home going, <laughs> Oh my gosh! I, where where have you been all these lives? You know what I mean? It's like I was I've been so honestly, and now that you express that, that makes sense to me because yeah. I could feel that you kind of could go in there and you just have this like this little openness that lets people be them, which I and the, everybody has a story. I love this. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Right. Thank you so much. That was such a beautiful acknowledgement of our connection and I appreciated the way you could see me like I could see you and you know a lot of people are in a place where they're so blended with a part they're not able to be with people and we could just be with each other yeah mm-hmm. and we didn't need to you know perform or present it was just so authentic and easy and so and those I didn't are, know you had the 12 therapists and I didn't right. know you, all your crazy 15. story yet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which totally. we will get into. But learning each each other's story is actually kind of like I think a missed art. Yeah, yeah, I um, totally agree with you that. Agree, yeah, yeah. It's like where did you come from? What is your background? You know, nobody has time for it anymore. It's sort of like, um, yeah. I know. So, how, do you fit in my friends group, and how can you help me? Yeah, right. It's very transactional, I mean, I used to superficial. Be, yeah. Oh. A hundred percent. And I worked not only in the entertainment business in film and TV, but I also worked in fashion for 10 years. And so I was in the epicenter of kind of the most vapid, you know, totally transactional world where it's all about what can you do for me? How can you position me? How does this association work for me? And the lack of authenticity was so hard that I had to step away for yeah. a while and get into a deeper way of living. It was like a big death of ego birth of soul. Mm. And because I've also suffered with chronic illness a lot of my life, part of how I operate in the world is, you know, as a highly sensitive person. And I've had to learn how to embrace that sensitivity so that my body is not acting it out. And when I you know, had to learn how to take responsibility for what's happening to me, because it's happening through me and the lens that I'm seeing through. And so in walking away and getting more clarity and healing for myself and detoxing from needing to achieve, to be seen, to be big enough to matter, Right? I had to learn how to let go of everything and, and be enough for myself. Yeah. And I really love being able to give that gift to everybody, not just people in, who can come work with me individually. So right now I'm getting to combine different aspects of myself as a healer and an IFS practitioner, which is a parts work practitioner, and you know, as a coach and consultant. And also, as a filmmaker, I'm making a film called Parts of Us that's a documentary introducing everybody to the family inside of you, right, and everyone else, and looking at how the hell do we get along with ourselves when we're 
try and usually express to get away or suppress to get away and how do we learn to be here now with us and have that be enough in what, whatever shape we're in what is family inside of you what what do you what do you refer to when you speaking that sentence thank, <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> Sorry, I know that's a no, as I'm trying to say the sentence. <laughs> Thank you for asking. I'm me like, guys. I want to know the family inside of me. This is interesting. Right? So, <laughs> well, what I'm speaking to is that within there's a wonderful man named Dr. Richard Schwartz, who was a family a systems family systems therapist. So he was into family therapy. And what he realized was that all the people that were in his office in, in actual, you know, the outer world, the actual, you know, outer family were inside of each person too. That within each of us, there's a parent figure and a rebellious teenage figure and a vulnerable child figure and actually multiple different parts of us. It's almost like if you can imagine the rings of a tree and how, it shows that a tree, the sapling is still alive on the inside, but you know, different layers of different years start growing around it. Like that's true of us too. We are, you know, every age and every stage that we've ever been simultaneously. And we can go back to something and become that age without even knowing it, right? We can immediately experience sensations, emotions, memories, feelings that remind us of pain we've experienced in the past. And we're responding from a place that's so much bigger than the incident that we're dealing with. And all of us have done that, you know, more than once, right? That's pretty normal. We get reactive when we're hurt, we get protective, but our responses are parts of us that are here to protect what is vulnerable inside or what feels exiled and unallowed, right? And we that is just a natural way that humans operate, that the whole world operates. Like we all have a protective mechanism for vulnerability. And our vulnerability comes from different incidences in life where we felt unsafe, unloved, unheard, unacceptable shamed, humiliated, mm-hmm. alone, and, you know, had to come up with some way to survive. I think in women, too, um, just to separate women for a minute, I I kind of told my boyfriend this when we first met. I said, a woman needs to feel safe. Like, that word safe and safety, I didn't never knew that word until I met my um, current partner. But because I had never experienced safety until now, in my fifties, you, you know, now I realize how much, how important it is. Mm. And then you can be vulnerable and you can actually go into healing when you're feeling safe, but you can't go into healing when you're not feeling safe. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's just the way you just framed it with all of these different levels and ages, all living within you at the same time. I mean, we were just talking about triggers and how people have been getting triggered lately, you know, with pretty much anything right. that's going on in the world. And it will just immediately send you back to wherever you were at that point in your life when you yep. were also feeling that way. Yep. And so the way oh, you're yeah. framing it right now is just like, wow, it is making so much, it just clicks in a different way. You know, I had an experience recently where 
uh, I was in a situation and it made me feel very similar to something that I experienced when I was in high school. This is over 10 years ago at this point. And immediately I was emotionally, mentally in that same place. I felt like I was in high school again, you know, like so traumatized. And it was the wildest thing. I was like, what is happening? Because you know you're not there. Yeah. And you're drunk. Yeah. yeah. But it was like I was a different person inside of my body, you know? So I was right. like, I think I was feeling that age in that moment, you know? <laughs> right. And we have this incredible protective mechanism that allows us to be in the world and not just be our trauma and our gaping wound, mm-hmm. right? We have parts that manage, right? And then yeah. parts that react. And in IFS, they call those parts firefighters that are rushing in to put out the flames of the pain that parts of us are feeling until, because they don't want it to get too overwhelming. And of course, what happens when firefighters, you know, take out a fire, the whole place is wrecked. They don't yeah. care about any damage they leave mm-hmm. in the process of putting out the fire. They're just doing what they have to do in the moment to stop it. Mm-hmm. And so all of us have these protective mechanisms that we you know, developed in moments at various ages to handle what we didn't know how to handle because we weren't, you know, an adult. And so we go back to whatever age we were when we got stuck in trauma and had to become something to protect what was wounded because we couldn't get the healing and the repair that we needed at the time. Mm -hmm. And what IFS therapy does, why I went into this i actually was working with richard as a filmmaker in this project and we started talking about this in 2014 when i, I filmed him at, um, when he did grand rounds at a hospital in dc called st elizabeth's where my parents teach uh, psychiatric residents and um, we were in the library 20 feet from john hinckley and I had been trying to get a whole, like, figure out how to get to John Hinckley for a different documentary because we share the same birthday. And it's a very complicated thing. It didn't happen, but it was just this out of control moment. And the two of us decided we needed to make a film. And from then on, it was something we were going to do. And I decided I needed to learn IFS in order to make a movie about it. So I did the training and, um, you know, I experienced a tremendous amount of trauma in that same year. My stepsister killed herself and I got very sick with SIBO and other things uh, that happened. I had been working on a screenplay for two years and the book rights got taken away from me the same week that um, my and, sister oh my died. This was Just during crazy. while you were training? Yeah. Okay. This was all while I was training. Wow. So I had, thank God I had the model and thank God I had that community and it really was there for me. And, um, it has continued to be there for me. And I, you know, we all experience traumas all the time. Yeah. You know, they're going to continue. They're not just in childhood. They're all the fucking time. Yep. Yeah. You know, we've all been through global mass trauma and we're still in it. And so we have to find a way of relating to ourselves that's healing instead of just reacting Mm. and responding and preventing pain we don't think we can manage. We've got to learn how to be for ourselves what we needed when we didn't have it. Yeah. I think that is something we all need to grow in because it's like we are a a global nation of striving for intellectual, you know, 
superiority and everybody has the emotional intelligence of second graders mm. and and there has to be another way that we relate to each other we have to understand how to have peace inside in order to have peace outside so it's got it can't just be about he, other people showing up for us in a certain way or other people being different it's about how we are with us that we have to do the inner work first the second grader relate. comment kind of really resonated with me because sometimes <laughs> I'm like, when I'm working on projects still, going back, you know, I'm, I'm sizing up some projects in the entertainment business and I do, I think about that. Like, I can't understand how we haven't gotten past some of this really um, rudimentary, low level. It feels like I'm dealing with children at the same, you know, sometimes and... Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is frustrating and also, but coming back, all we have is we could do work for ourselves. So part of the reasons why we reach out to people like you is because, you know, our number, our first goal when I started the Liberator Healer was I wanted to stop suffering, also reduce the amount of suicides because that is preventable. And yeah, how can we talk to a lot of different peoples and a lot of different modalities that are, because something might resonate for someone today of, of what you are talking about in your program and how, what that mapping looks like. Yeah. I think, yeah. That's such an important question. I really appreciate you asking it because so many of us are afraid of suicide and we're so afraid of talking about it. And there's this, you know, way in most modalities where you are, you know, contracting a plan with a part of a person that's trying to manage them from this happening and it's a plan of when you feel that bad what are you going to do kind of thing and in ifs what we do is we go directly to the part that is suicidal and we don't try to create a plan to prevent it we try to understand it yeah and befriend it and thank Mm -hmm. it for its service that it's willing to do whatever it takes to get us out of pain if other people can't wow that's pretty you know so when we can really honor that part for being the part that believes it's the only way yeah to love us or heal us is to take us out you know when we can understand what they're trying to prevent us from feeling that other people haven't been able to help with. You know, then we can really negotiate those parts. Yeah. To try and work with us to, to have some relief instead of it needing to be an escape from life. Yeah. I'm so I'm so sorry for your pain as well in this area. And you know, I can speak about it because and I have because I was there. Um, working in entertainment and I felt bullied and I felt hopeless and I had had a really bad divorce and uh, I, I just wasn't connecting anything or anyone anymore except for my animals and um, you know so I can speak about it because you know it was just such I felt like I was in a tunnel and you know I just I, I don't know. And it, it gets darker and darker and darker if you just go down that tunnel, you know? Yeah. And so you need people that like can just, um, this is what this is, is that hand reach. You know what I mean? Like come, yeah. come here, come here. And sort of what we do in our energy work is 
one of the first things we try to do is we, you know, we do the grounding meditations just to like get you grounded and get into the nature again. But then what we try to do is energetically show you your soul and get out of that mm. physical body, get out of that, that heavy thing that's really weighty and has mm. physical ailments and, and pains and all the past things and maybe all the future worries of bills and debt and all that stuff. And then just let's, let's just look at the soul and see how beautiful it is and how it flows and the color that runs through it. And what, um, sometimes we're able to do if the person is very, um, creative, you know, we can just send them an, a, a energetic image of their soul and then you could just all of a sudden look and their eyes just widen and literally they're like, mm. that's what my soul looks like. And they see it as almost like an angel, like it's giant, it's shiny, mm. you know, it's, it's, uh, reflecting the best times of their lives. You know, they're, everything's healthy in them and it's like, yeah. And you can actually, now that you see it, you can get back to that image a little bit more. And that's where we've been kind of successful, Lene and I, when we do where we feel successful mm-hmm. just from our feedback from our clients, mm-hmm. where they say, and transform quickly, honestly. It's like, they're like, wow, they almost kind of forgot they had a soul. Yeah. And that light is burning inside of them. And then now they can work their way backwards. Uh, but anytime they're feeling really low, we kind of throw that image at them. Like, isn't this a wonderful, beautiful thing? And it's unique and it doesn't matter like, and what kind of clothes you're wearing and it doesn't matter what party you're going to. And it doesn't matter, you know, what friend group you're in and it doesn't matter how in debt you are. We were talking about, I told Linnea the other, we were talking about, there is no debtors prison. And a lot of people fear financial and this is big in, in Asian culture financial worries, you know, Mm -hmm. there's no debtor's prison. I'm sorry. You know, yes, money is something we all have to deal with, but it is not worth your life. You know, things like that. Very true. Yeah. And that, and whether that comes from a shame, right? Yeah. It's like, there's such shame of, of not belonging. And Mm -hmm. so much of our life is about whatever we can do to belong because belonging is how we thrive. You know, and it begins in our families, our patterns for survival, how we are able to get what we need from our parents or our siblings or our community. What do we have to become? And and it's all outer directed, right? There's not a sense of I can see who I am outside of needing these others. And so it's so touching about what you guys do is that you connect people to their true self and their sense of source beyond self that there for them that's bigger than them that's their soul and you help them remember who they are and when I was sick that was the only thing that got me by was the you know healers like you who helped me know I was more than what I was going through Mm. right you just I'm so grateful for people with that kind of sensitivity Mm -hmm. and that kind of compassion who can really see people and exalt them and really honor them you know, yeah. it's so beautiful. It's so, it's so healing. And I think that's what the psychedelic movement that's happening right now in psychotherapy is trying to do is trying to help people disidentify with the parts that carry the trauma or the parts that have to protect and defend and deflect and, you know, do what they do or be cold or just whatever. Yeah. 
they're helping those parts step aside so that they can, you know, have a healing with the ones who never got seen, never got love, never got repair, and then have access to self, you know, and the feeling of being more than that and, and being able to be, you know, brought back in and, and incorporated and, and unburdened and allowed to be all of oneself again. And, it's just so beautiful that there are so many ways to do this. There's a thousand roads home to self and so many different modalities or healing methods or ideologies or religions all really speak to this very thing. I think yeah. Linnea, it's not one modality that teaches it. It's life teaches it. Oh yeah. What were you going to sure. talk about Linnea on? Oh, I was just going to say along with psychotherapy and using, you know, the psychedelic movement, which is, especially through the pandemic, I have to say, because people had time to just sit at home and they're like, you know, let me just try some little shroomies or whatever. (laughs) Like, I feel like people were really experimenting with it in a different way through the pandemic. And something that I have experienced in my own journey, you know, I've dealt with PTSD in my life and for a couple of different reasons. And one of the things that really helped me get through it was the use of psilocybin, you know, which is magic mushrooms and part of the reason that it helped me get through so many of those traumas was because you see your ego in a very different way when you're under the influence of these psychedelics and i know for a fact that many other people i've talked to spiritual or not you know everyone experiences an ego death to an to an extent when they're using when they're on psychedelics And I think that that is just such a huge part of it. And it allows you to see it from a more, I want to say like subjective And it's for some people and it's not for others though. Oh yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say everybody should do (laughs) this, but it is definitely I'm just saying because I've had some bad experiences on it. (laughs) Gina is like, you're just very sensitive. Yeah. You know, we talked about this. You're you're closer to space than most people are, so you don't need as much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Do you have any... um, input on that type of side of the stuff or have do you know i have a lot i'm a i'm a lot of input and i love parts up about it and i'm so happy that that is becoming normalized because it's always been something fringe and secret Mm -hmm. and when it's fringe and secret you know you really just sub your experience is based on whoever's facilitating it and when there are people involved who really care about how you are facilitated through it and how to help you integrate after it, it's a whole different experience than just going to a clinic and getting a ketamine infusion, right? Or just doing it with your friends. Like when you're having a guide facilitate and help you feel safe and help the protectors that never step back to give some space so you can heal what's been wounded and disconnected and lost and you know disowned and you can let that you know be released in a way that feels honorable and repaired and um you know right and and make a sacred kind of ceremony out of it and then be allowed to receive that greater sense of self and all that wisdom that's available and all that sense of being connected to everything in life from the trees to the bees to the air and the breeze it's like that is what everybody wants and needs 
but being able to integrate that with the parts that have to live our day-to-day or who react when we get really wide open and then need us to shut down after or who feel very connected to higher self-awareness but then drop back into a sense of an abandoned child after it's like there needs to be integration and and that's why it's important to you know have some support and facilitation around that and so i think i'm an advocate of that and it also as you know depends on the company it's like you don't need that kind of facilitation necessarily or you've already had it and so you know how to be with yourself in that experience yes but those who haven't done that who are just seeking some way to get away mm-hmm. you know and and don't even know that the company they're in within themselves or with others isn't a safe space for that that's where you know we want to just take a beat and and consider how can we get what we need in a different way that's a little bit safer in the container. Absolutely. Like ayahuasca, you're talking about two words. It's yeah. guided. Yeah. 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 I've been here. Although I had a horrible ayahuasca experience. Oh, no. Yeah, see? <laughs> I'm one of the only people some, that... <laughs> people have some weird experiences with that one, for sure. I, I, I went once and I just like, I sipped on it. I didn't take the whole thing. I was like, oh, no, this isn't going to work very well. And then... <laughs> I was, it, I was kind of younger. I think I even pretended to puke because I wanted to like just <laughs> fit in Aww. with everybody. <laughs> well, I was like, but I'm not really puking. Oh my I still had a good night though. Like it was still like, you know, good. it was like watching everybody too kind of expel things and having things. We did this whole um, rose ceremony in the beginning where they washed us with like rose flower water. I like wow. that part. That sound that you know, mm-hmm. mm, rose yeah. shower. <laughs> Wonderful. I just, uh, yeah, this is all really. We need to have. Uh, I'm kind of reaching out to my my brother. I call him my brother, but I've been working with him for about 20 years. He lives in Peru, and he he does all the ayahuasca stuff. He has a healing center over there, and um, I really want to get him on to kind of really dive deep into that with someone who's been doing it their whole lives. And he's yeah. like a fourth generation shaman. Oh, wow. So, That's incredible. you know, that is definitely a topic we really want to get deep into. And mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, just to kind of wrap up getting kind of close to that time here, um, what kind of, um, guidance or specifics can you advice that you can give people right now who might be suffering or looking for, you know, some specifics today? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, My wish for everyone who's suffering right now is to have some compassion for yourself and not just identify with blaming and shaming yourself for being stuck or wounded or not where you think you need to be. But decide that when you're hurting like this, you need to do nothing else but hunker down and find a way to meet your need. It's like if you had a cut on your knee, you'd go and you'd wash it off and you'd put some alcohol or hydrogen peroxide or neosporin or whatever it is, aloe on it, and you'd tend to it, right? You put a band-aid on. But most of the time, we don't tend to our pain, our emotional pain. We just keep moving on, trudging on, right? Yeah. And, and so if there's some way to stop shaming and blaming or trying to figure out the future you know, when we're in a bad place and just trust that if we can sit 
and turn toward and be with and find what's, you know, what's the source and not need it to change, but have some compassion and curiosity for it and just breathe into it and just be strong enough to be with it, not become it and learn how to, you know, ask any parts that are overwhelming us with pain to just give us a little bit of space inside so we can be with them and not just be blended with them in the way that they've overtaken our sensations and we can't really connect to what's needed. And, you know, just to begin with compassion for ourselves, for each other, is the the most important step. And to remember that every single person you deal with, the people that you love, the people you hate, the people that annoy you, the people that you don't understand, everybody's got an inner family inside that they're reacting to and trying to grow out of and trying, you know, to just manage and protect. And, you know, it doesn't always bring out the best in us, but it's important that when we feel understood, we can soften and be more available to feel connected instead of isolated in our own pain. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, you know, you. I, the one thing I really, about the pandemic, you know, when people would say, I have COVID, and your boss would say, okay, you know, we'll see you in a few weeks, let us know how you're doing. It would, there was a shift, though, that I really felt welcomed, as in it became acceptable to let people know you weren't perfect or whatever. And, and I, I'd love to see that continue also in the mental space where it's, Hey, you know what? Um, I need a day or a week. I, and I'm, there's, I don't, I'm not gonna feel ashamed about that. That needs to change. And I think we touched the, a dipped a toe in the river with it, with the COVID because people had to be like, Oh, and I saw people be so compassionate. Oh my gosh, you know, let's cover their work and let's make sure they're okay. And they sent nice, um, you know, uh, things over to them. And, you know, we haven't been doing that enough of that. I remember a a person at work at the studio who worked in HR when she came back from her cancer treatment, she came to talk to me and she said, nobody from her office and her department even reached out to her once during her whole chemo or anything. They sent like one little thing of flowers and that was it. And she just felt so empty that nobody even checked in on her. And then it was basically like, Oh, medical leave. Okay. You're back. And then here's all this work. It's, you know, having this culture we're we're working on a business or we're, we're building something, whatever you're building, whatever kind of department you are in or business that you're in, we need to change our relationship inside of the, we spend so much time working and with our fam, fam, work family is what I'm saying mm-hmm. that we just have to have some compassion and, and that person will grow and flourish. And then when you get sick or when you fall down, because you eventually will as then you will get compassion back. And yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm just wishing for that a little bit more. For sure. You need more mental days. 100%. Just more compassion for yourself. Um, less judgment for yourself. You know, shame is something that really comes from within a lot of the times. It's guilt that you're putting on yourself. It's judgment that you're putting on yourself. It's an expectation that you have for yourself. And that is something that we just need to cut that shit out. Cut it out. Just cut it out, <laughs> man. Easier said than done. Boom, boom, you know, boom, boom, boom. 
something that I'm saying right. with my mouth, but it's something I'm very much still working on. It's something yeah. that we're all very much still working on is having less judgment for ourselves. So that compassion that we're, Eugenia is talking about putting out for other people, also put it back into yourself, yeah. you know? You know, yeah. we can do this. More love, just more love. Like we need to have mental health days like yeah. added yeah. to... I'm having a mental health day. I'm closing my calendar, you know, and there go people go cool. You're going to come right. back even more, you know, you're going to come back better. Yes. No, if you just keep trying to push it though, it's like, you're like, no, I just have to go to that meeting. Even though you know that you need this day, like that's just, you know, that's what I'm talking about. A hundred percent. I agree with you. And that's why I'm so excited about it because I, really want to emphasize that if you don't take care of your mental health, your body will for you. And our bodies will act out what we are not taking care of. Our bodies have to deal with toxicity all the time, emotional, physical, environmental. Our nervous systems are overwhelmed. And there's not a lot of great ways to discharge, right? There's like ways to escape. But we really haven't invested enough in learning how to really be there for ourselves mentally and emotionally. We wait until we get physically sick to be caring and kind, right? And usually when somebody's, you know, mentally sick, people are afraid of them and they're put off by them. And they make fun of them on social media sometimes too. That makes me angry when I see someone who's obvious and you know and it's all over the papers i know it sells papers and it sells clicks or whatever else but it really bugs me to see that online all the time it's like oh they're making fun of people you know having a breakdown I, I don't know i i'd love to see that become not the norm you know like that's not something people want to see in their inbox every day and as exactly. we as we rise up and we all talk about it, that's why it's important to have these conversations. And you go, you know what? I do kind of do that because I didn't know. I was just scrolling. But you know what? Click that and say, I want to see less of this. This is what I've been doing lately on my yeah. scroll. Like if I see that stuff, I hit, I want to see less of this and less of this. And I'm trying to teach their uh, um, algorithm like what I want to see. And then, you know, environment or science or about world stuff that I'm, I'm passionate about. Like mm-hmm. that is the feed that I want to have. And I, and I'm trying to say no to that stuff. I, you know, as much as I personally can. Mm-hmm. I love that because what you're speaking about is being intentional mm-hmm. and being in self leadership. And instead of just being, you know, a victim of it saying, Nope, I'm going to do what I need to do to facilitate the experience I want to have. I didn't even and... know you could do hide this until recently and then, or see less of this. So I, when I found that button, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> She's on it all the time. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Thank, thank goodness. Well, we had, this was a great podcast and I just, you know, wanted to thank you so much. Uh, Jen Kleiner today. Uh, can you, let everybody know how they can get a hold of you or see what you're up to. Absolutely. So you can most easily get a hold of me by going to jenkleiner.com, J-E-N-K-L-E-I-N-E-R. And that way you can see my uh, coaching and consulting and IFS work through my website, Intuitive Artists. And you can also see 
my film work through Reclaim Pictures, my production company. So, wonderful. Um, yeah. So it's um, I um, also have a, a website to share called ifsla.org, and it's a place that you can get more information and continuing education about IFS and parts work. Um, it's not the same as the IFS Institute. That's its own um, entity, and it's a wonderful organization where you can actually get trained and find therapists who do IFS work. And that's uh, their website is ifs-institute.org. Fantastic. Um, and we'll make sure yeah. to note all that stuff in our description. And thanks again for being on the show and just sending everybody a warm hug. And sorry, we got a little heavy today, but you know what? That's just, we are real. This is, we're trying to bring you authenticity and speak from our heart. And that's what happens. Absolutely. Go deep or go home. Right. <laughs> yes. And once you do, right, you get buoyant and you bounce back up and you feel great. Absolutely. I feel great. I'm so grateful to you both for doing this and providing such a wonderful experience and space and opportunity for people to learn about various healings and people who are doing great work to help us all have happier, healthier lives. Thank you. Of course. Well, thank you so much for contributing to that. We really appreciate your time and your knowledge and all the wisdom that you've shared with us. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support. Disclaimer shenanigans. The Liberated Healer podcast and its hosts are not providing any medical, legal, or otherwise advice and is for entertainment purposes only. We do not have the ability to control if third-party persons use any part of our podcast and represent it as such. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Liberated Healer makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional advice unless otherwise specifically stated. The Liberated Healer does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast, and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. Podcast.